For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Zach Berman, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles for the Athletic, about week two for the 49ers. They, of course, stayed out in West Virginia. We talked to Matt Barrows about that earlier this week. To get ready for this week two matchup down at Lincoln Financial Field against the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers will have some different faces on the roster this week because of the injuries to both Raheem Mostert and Jason Verrett, but it will also be a different man under center for the Philadelphia Eagles than the 49ers saw last year. Jalen Hurts takes command of this offense. Nick Sirianni, of course, now in charge of this team out in Philadelphia. And for an underachieving NFC Eastern division, this could be a team that comes out on top. It could be a a duel between both the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys and maybe that Washington football team defense atop the NFC East. All things we can talk about with Zach Berman, who joins me next. Today is Friday, September 17th. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, I believe for the first time, he covers the Philadelphia Eagles for The Athletic, Zach Berman at ZBerm on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow ahead of the game this weekend. Zach, appreciate you making time today, man. How are you? Doing well. So good win for the Eagles week one over the Atlanta Falcons, a game where I think a lot of people had the Eagles favored in that game. You look at the Falcons this week and they're big underdogs to the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I looked at that game for Philadelphia kind of like I looked at week one for the 49ers, and that's that they probably played an opponent that was lesser than them, but they came out looking pretty damn good, especially in the second half. The 49ers looked great in their own right, but played a pretty poor Detroit Lions team who then came on strong in the second half. What was your assessment of the Eagles after week one? Yeah, so the Eagles went into that game underdogs, and a big part of that, obviously, was the uncertainty about, or, or I shouldn't say the uncertainty, the unknown with their scheme on both sides of the ball with the new coaching staff, and obviously Jalen Hurts in his first year as a full-time starter. And it's hard not to be impressed with the way they look. They exceeded my expectations for them going into week one. The efficiency on offense really is what jumped out to me. Jalen Hurts was a 52% passer last year, was a 77% passer against the Falcons, played within himself. You know, they had the answers against the Falcons' defense. It's a credit to Hurts, obviously, also a credit to uh, Sirianni's play calling and the level of preparedness. And then on defense, they kept the Falcons out of the end zone. They only allowed three third-down conversions throughout the game. They did not uh, allow a play over 20 yards. So Jonathan Gannon, the the first-year defensive coordinator, he had his group ready, too. And and in terms of the personnel going into the year, there were a lot of questions, but the strength of the team is clearly the offensive line and the defensive line, and that came through in their opener. 32-6, to the final for them in Week 1, as we mentioned, over the Falcons. They scored in every one of those quarters. I think they scored a touchdown in every quarter of that game. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Hurts. I- I'm wondering what the expectations are for him. I'm actually buddies with uh, with Gabe Rangel, who's been helping him, and Lane Johnson. I know he's been one of the trainers out there in Philadelphia for some time now and has been helping these guys personally off the field uh, and getting back on the field for Lane Johnson this season. I- I'm wondering what the expectations are for him or what the-, the scope of what it is that he can be as a complete player. I think we know about the intangibles he has as a winner basically everywhere he went in college he ended up as a winner and then kind of came in and and took the job I don't know that we look at him as a Lamar Jackson type what's your scope or your thought your outlook on what Jalen Hurts can be after a 27 for 35 day last week and over 60 yards on the ground he has the opportunity to become the quarterback here beyond the season but it's really a trial period right there's not a long-term commitment to him you know, the Eagles don't view Jalen Hurts in the same way that, for instance, the 49ers view Trey Lance. They don't have that type of organizational investment, and they have assets in place that if they need to pursue a quarterback this offseason, they can go get one. That said, Jalen Hurts has this year to prove that he can be the guy, 
and he got off to a good start in week one. You know, he showed improvement, right? The thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts is off the field checks every box in terms of the intangibles, in terms of the leadership characteristics, in terms of the work ethic, checks every box you want to see there. It's just a matter of being more consistent as a quarterback. And obviously one game doesn't answer all those questions, but I think what you saw in terms of his efficiency as a passer and then his ability, obviously, to extend plays and make plays with his legs, you know, that's a special skill there. So if he can throw the ball, yeah, it's hard to expect 77% every game. But if he can be a high percentage passer and then have those dynamic plays with his legs, the Eagles are going to far exceed what the expectations were going into the year. What do you make of this Eagles run defense here? You mentioned the defense uh, and how, how stout they were against the Falcons last week. And the 49ers, obviously a team now that have had some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. They do, of course, have to prepare, as you mentioned, for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's going to be a rookie running back or a sort of a, a Frankenstein backfield for the 49ers this week of Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon, Jamichael Hasty, the three guys active as of right now. on Johnson added to the practice squad just the other day. But what do you make of this run defense? They did allow 100, over 100 yards on the ground to Atlanta last week and 4.8 yards per carry, but stuffed him in the red zone. What do you make of the Eagles' run defense here against the 49er uh, rushing attack headed by Kyle Shanahan? My read in, in watching that Eagles defense, and it's similar, frankly, to what you know you saw when I was watching the Rams on Sunday night, was if you want to get yards on the ground, they seem to be willing to, to let you do it. They're just not going to let you beat them over the top. And obviously, it's a different game plan when you go up against the 49ers. They're such a good running team. But I think the key for the Eagles' defense is not allow those big plays, obviously, get them off the field on third down. They were able to do that in week one. If they want to hone in as a run defense, they have an outstanding defensive line. I mean, there aren't many defensive tackle combinations in this league better than Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. They're really strong on the end, too. They have questions, you know, at linebackers. They're still figuring out some things in their secondary, but – the strength of the team is the defensive line. So if they wanted to kind of hone in on the run, I think they have the ability to do that. But my guess is the way this defense is structured is, you know, their focus is on keeping you from beating them deep through the air. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. What's so funny about the NFL is is the week-in, week-out drama of, uh, of NFL fan bases, right? Again, I don't know what the expectations were from your perspective for the Eagles out there, but it's a team that a few years ago won a Super Bowl, and basically the entire coaching staff and, and the quarterback, actually both quarterbacks on the roster, both Nick Foles and, of course, Carson Wentz, who's now in, uh, in Indianapolis, off the roster. The expectations for Nick Sirianni here, it's a tough place to coach, man, and coming in after a guy who, you know, they're building statues out there for Doug Peterson after winning a Super Bowl. So uh, what are the expectations for Nick Sirianni? Coming in with an offense now where that, that he's expected to to head much like he did with a, a couple of pretty good offenses in Indianapolis over the last few years with different quarterbacks. What are the expectations for him this year? Yeah, well, first off, I would say it's a tough place when you lose, right? I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a great place. <laughs> right, to, right. It's a great place when you win, as as evidenced by the fact that you know there's a statue of Doug Peterson, that, uh, like you mentioned, but also you know Nick Sirianni, he's a popular guy in Philly right now. He hasn't lost a game. He's one to know. And so the expectations, I, I think it was expected to be a transition year, right? You know, so I, I don't think this team entered the year with really high expectations. And Nick Sirianni, it's, if you think about the last coach the Eagles hired, Doug Peterson, even though he was the first-time head coach, he had played quarterback for the Eagles. You know, the fan base knew who he was. He was an assistant in Philly at one point. The coach they hired before that, Chip Kelly, who you guys well know, the Eagles 
hired him coming off of, you know, an outstanding run at, at University of Oregon. So there were more questions, more unknown about Nick Sirianni. And I think that he's starting to answer those questions. So he's a young coach. He brings a lot of energy. I was impressed with his play calling week one. But like you said, this is a long season. It's a week-to-week nature of it. If the result looks different against San Francisco, then that honeymoon period starts to fade a bit. But uh, right now, I can tell you, Nick Sirianni is very popular in Philadelphia, and rightfully so. It's funny, man, the way the way it goes week to week in the NFL. I want to ask you about the tight end situation there in Philadelphia. Zach Ertz looked for a long time like he was coming on as one of the top tight ends. It really was one of the top tight ends in football offensively for sure, up there with George Kittle and obviously Travis Kelsey. Maybe not quite as high of a caliber as those guys, but he's obviously not been the same guy due to injuries over the last couple of years. He, of course, played out here at Stanford University and, and Monta Vista High School uh, in the Bay Area. And Dallas Goddard now there, and he's a South Dakota State guy, uh, FCS guy. So tight end situation there, Zach Ertz and the role he's going to play uh, as a member of the Eagles offense this year opposite Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz, it's kind of an, uh, an odd situation, right? I mean, he expected to be elsewhere this year, I, I would say. I expected him to be elsewhere this year. He has been one of the best tight ends in the NFL over the past decade. And uh, an Eagles icon caught the game-winning touchdown in their only Super Bowl. But, you know, with the presence of, of Dallas Goddard, Ertz's contract situation, the fact that he didn't get that contract extension the way George Kittle did in the way Travis Kelsey did. There was a thought that he might be playing elsewhere, and there was no trade. They mended fences. They brought him back. It's still kind of tough to figure out because, you know, for Zach Ertz, for the past few years, he hasn't just been the top tight end. He's, he's been the number one receiver, essentially, right? With Goddard on, taking on a, a bigger role with Devontae Smith here, things change a bit there. And, and, and so week one, it worked because they were winning. Curious to see how it is going forward. But the thing I could say about Zach Ertz is if he's on the roster, he's going to be on the field. And if he's on the field, he, he's going to get open and he's going to get passes because that's the type of player he is. So uh, I would expect to, to see him a fair amount this weekend if he's healthy and he's going to have a, a role in the offense. Boy, you mentioned Devontae Smith there, uh, rookie first-rounder from this year, Heisman Trophy winner, and maybe wasn't even, I think, in college. A lot of people look at that Alabama receiving courts, and maybe he wasn't even the best guy out there, right? Opposite Jalen Waddell out there as well. So I'm wondering how his uh, his draft pick status was received by Eagles fans and really the thought that he can help this offense. He was pretty exciting week one. I thought the pairing of him, as you mentioned, you had Dallas Goddard out there and Jalen Hurts. These all look like offensive weapons. Miles Sanders in the backfield to look a little bit like the, uh, who was the second running back back there? Kenneth Gaines well look like he had maybe taken on the Boston Scott role from the last couple of seasons Devontae Smith in his spot in the offense what have you thought of that so far yeah very impressed with everything Devontae's done so far he's coming off a prolific college season Heisman Trophy winning a wide receiver and the numbers he put up were just like they were literally they've never been done right and so uh he's come in he's been the number one receiver from day one he'll be a major part of this offense on Sunday I don't think there were really questions about him as a player. There were questions about resource allocation, second year in a row, the Eagles spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver, but they clearly needed, and Devontae Smith changes the offense. He's a special player, and the Eagles haven't had a player like him in quite some time. It's exciting, man. I'm really looking forward to this game this weekend, and uh, it should be a fun one. Second year in a row, 49ers and the, the Eagles have met. Obviously, the Niners not 100% when they saw them last year, and Fletcher Cox gave them big problems. So looking to change that this weekend. Hey, I really do appreciate the time today, Zach, and, uh, and we'll catch up with you down the road, man. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me on.
Great stuff from Zach Berman. Again, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at ZBerm. He's got all your coverage for The Athletic covering the Philadelphia Eagles ahead of the game this weekend. Should be a fun one. Uh, a lot of uh, exciting talent there. Devontae Smith and, as I said, Jalen Hurts, both as a fantasy asset and just a quarterback in general, I thought looked pretty damn good last week. Week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Thank you to Zach. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We've got more to talk about in the days and weeks ahead. Golden State Warrior basketball preseason starts in just about a month or so, I think under a month, before our first preseason basketball game. Also, the San Francisco Giants' magic number continues to whittle down as to what it will take to win the National League West. We can talk about that as well as week three for the San Francisco 49ers coming home to take on the Green Bay Packers next week. That's all stuff in the days and weeks ahead until then enjoy the weekend enjoy week two of the nfl we'll talk to you monday